Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a moment and relax and gently focus just whatever else is going on in your mind, on your heart, even practical things you're doing, just set those aside. Just make yourself available to whatever God wants to do, whatever he wants to say or reveal. Just be available. Let him have his way. We've been talking about the supernatural realm. And we started out by comparing our approach, how we're going to be looking at the supernatural realm and the things of the supernatural realm compared to what Western Christianity has put, has framed the supernatural. And there's been a confusion between the supernatural and the spiritual. And we want to go back to that for just a minute. It's important that we differentiate between what is spirit and what is supernatural. Because whichever realm we're talking about, and we're talking, there's, From our perspective, there's three different realms, the natural, the supernatural, which is simply above natural, and then the spiritual. And there are laws and rules and kinds of life and kinds of power and kinds of authority that functions in each of those realms. So we want to be clear about which realm we're dealing with at any given time. We don't want to confuse the rules that reside over the natural realm with the supernatural or spiritual realm. Now, the the natural realm is what we can see in the physical and we can and we can relate that to our natural body. The supernatural is above that. That's all it means, really, is super is above. So above the natural. And we can relate that to our soul, our mind, will, and emotions. Just a reminder, your your brain and your mind are two different things. Your feelings and your emotions are two different things. And your reactions and your will are two different things. Then we get to the spirit. And we know that God is spirit. But what's important to remember is that the only other creature that is spirit is a born-again Christian. That which is born of spirit is spirit. We've been re-spirited. He restored our spirit. 
the supernatural beings that are besides us, our soul functions in the supernatural realm. Our soul has its own rules, its own power and authority within the supernatural realm that we refer to as the solical realm. Your soul is made to function best in the solical realm, in the supernatural realm. Your spirit functions best in the spiritual realm, and your body functions best in the natural realm. So we look at the functions of each one of those realms as created by God, gifted by God, and has intention. Now, one of the reasons this is really important for for us as Christians is to understand the power and authority of spirit. Now, most of us understand and accept the power and authority of God, but we have a hard time accepting the power and authority of ourselves as born-again Christians, as re-spirited, as as beings that already have eternal life, are already ruling and reigning in the spirit realm. The other thing that we have a hard time accepting is that God has no equals. Whatever our discussion is about our enemies in the supernatural realm, the world system, our own bad habits in our soul, and the devil and his little buddies, those are our enemies in the solical realm. They aren't in the spirit realm. They can't get there. Your solical, the supernatural enemies that God put in the supernatural realm do not interfere with what's going on in the spiritual realm. They absolutely interfere with what's going on in the supernatural realm, and they absolutely interfere with what's going on in the natural realm. That's what God created them to do. Now, there's other beings in the supernatural realm. There's our souls. There's our enemies. But there's also, for instance, the heavenly host, let's say. There's different kinds of, there's beings that work for us, and there's beings that work against us. And for our purposes, that's just for right now, that's the simplest way to look at it. But they're all created by God, and they're all put in the supernatural realm by him. But their power and authority does not affect the spirit realm. You and I have spirit power and spirit authority, which is above the supernatural realm. So you and I have power and authority over 
the supernatural realm right now. As soon as you're born again, as, so, as soon as he restores your spirit, boom, you have the power and authority of spirit, the power and authority of God. How come we're not exercising that? How come, I mean, at least I look around and I think the the Christian church, especially in the Western religious sense, is pretty far away from what I think was intended all along. Certainly what, you know, to be able to exercise the power and authority of God here on this earth as restored spirit beings, we don't even compare with what Jesus himself did. And he said, greater things will you do. And we're not even doing the le- the least of these. Now there's, you know, exceptions, and that's, you know, we appreciate, you know, knowing about those. But this is something, since God is not a respecter of persons, we want to look at why. Why, you know, so many Christians spend their whole life in church or seeking God or just waiting to be taken into heaven and, and sit on thrones or whatever. Why? Why are we so accepting of being ineffective? And I don't necessarily mean changing things. I do mean ineffective in terms of living and moving and having our being as a spirit being, as a Christian, being whole, complete, and entire as individuals and as a church, a corporate body, an entity. Why are we so ineffective? And I think a lot of it is we have accepted what others have categorized and interpreted our reality as. We we want to understand something before we accept it as truth. Now I'm and I'm right there. I want to understand how things work. I want to understand the relationship between things. I want to be objective about how God does things. But God, God doesn't necessarily care what I want. He doesn't necessarily care what you want. Because remember, he created your soul. And he can make himself plain and clear, or he can just say, this is what I've asked you to do, just do it. One of our challenges is we see, okay, going back to what Jesus did and how the first century church behaved and their, their, their situation, their consequences, how they were persecuted and how they were treated. And even today, throughout the world, how Christians are persecuted and, and, and mistreated. And we go, okay, what is it that first are we doing are we doing something wrong 
we see the persecution, but we really don't see any great exemplification of this is who who God is. This is who Christ is. And I think one of the big reasons is we we misinterpret our reality of being in our realm with a function in that realm. Let me put it this way. When Jesus was walking around and teaching his disciples, his disciples were not Christians. They couldn't be because he had not paid for the, Jesus had not paid for their sins. He had not been crucified. He had not been resurrected. So there were no Christians when Jesus was walking around before he was crucified and resurrected. Sins were not paid for until the crucifixion. We were not given new life until the resurrection. We weren't seated at the right hand of the Father until his ascension to the right hand of the Father. Now we are with the Father spiritually. But he walked around with his disciples and their power and authority. They accepted it. They accepted because they were in the presence of spirit. Just being around Jesus invigorated and drew out the supernatural abilities that were in their soul, but also filled that emptiness of their spirit. And they accepted that they were more than what they had been taught about what they needed to be and do to please God. Remember, most of them were Jews of one variety or another. So they had the law, and they had they had been taught, this is what you, you know, the long list of this is what you need to do in order to please God. And the Pharisees, you know, that's what they were known for, is coming up with, with ever more laws. That if you qualify, then God was pleased with you. And here comes Jesus and saying, no, this is, you know, there's, God is love. This is the way, walking in it. He was the teacher. He revealed the Father's heart. But he also revealed the power of God and the authority of the soul. I, you know, go back to one of my favorite verses about Jesus telling them, if you say to this mountain, be that removed and cast into the sea, it will be removed and cast into the sea. He didn't say, once you become a Christian, once I die and pay for your sins. Once you're perfected, once you're anointed, once somebody prays over you, says no. If you have faith, if you're, if you know who you are, if you know what you are 
duty is, what your purpose is, what your what I have sent you to do. And we look at the times he did send people to go do specific things. He sent them out two by two. And they came back and they were marveling that even the demons, even the devils, responded to them. They weren't even Christians. But they could cast out devils. They could cast out demons. They could do all kinds of things. Because Jesus was showing them by his example, this is what you can do. And they believed him. And then he sent them, now you try it. And they did it, and it worked. It's because he sent them. This is where I think we have a pr- big problem with like the our whole idea of evangelism, go out and evangelize the world. The people that were sent were specific people that were specifically trained by God to go. You can't send yourself. You can't decide for yourself what you should be doing. What task or project God has for you. Now, you can start where you're at, and he will direct you. But the particular task may be totally the opposite of what you would think. You know, we love, we love how Peter was sent to the Jews and Paul was sent to the Gentiles. We would have gone, no, 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 that's the exact opposite. Peter should go to the Gentiles and Paul should go to the Jews. God has his own way of doing things. But when we start looking at what we're here for, there's things that God can accomplish in our lives that can only be done here on this earth while we're here during this short lifespan. And remember, his ultimate purpose is to bring us into oneness, unity, spirit, soul, and body. That because your spirit is already one with him, your soul and body become one with your spirit, you're completely one with him. Our problem is our soul. Our soul has become, was disconnected from our spirit. We were born that way. It's not your fault. You were born that way. But now... God himself is restoring your soul to your spirit so that that life flows from spirit through your soul, through your body, and into this world. And this is why we always come back to spending time with him, having a relationship with him, but also recognizing that part of our challenge, part of our time here is to be working on specific projects. Not because a particular project may be of value. God doesn't need your help in anything. 
how do you, for instance, how do you know how a hammer works? Well, the best way is to pick up a hammer and see how it works. Now, some people may start doing that and end up being a carpenter. Others may pick it up, see how it works, put it down, never pick it up again. But we learn by experience. And what is it that we learn? We learn not just how a hammer works, but what it feels like to bash our thumb in and how to go to God to get healing for that. How a hammer can be both destructive and helpful. We, there are certain things God wants you to learn that only the projects that he has set for you will achieve certain things. And it's not about the value of the project. Somebody out on the mission fields, their project is no more important than maybe your project of just raising your child. That's a project. Because God wants you to rely on him to achieve that project by learning how to live and move and have your being as a spirit being. How to be one with him raising that child. So it's not about... uh, you know, what, how great your project is. And, and throughout your life, you're going to have many projects, and you're going to have projects going on at the same time. You know, you could be at a, in, a, in a work situation where your boss just drives you nuts. Your project is probably to find out what it is that's driving you nuts, what buttons are being pushed, what wounds need to be healed. So it's not necessarily something anybody else would ever know, ever recognize, ever, recognize, ever say, okay, what are, you, what are you working on? But take it seriously. These are the valuable things to God. So don't be thinking, okay, until... I'm doing something in a, you know, a Christian way, a Christian field, a, you know, a ministry type situation that I'm not sent. Find out, you know, this, I think this is part of why we, people go around the mountain over and over and over again, round and round and round, is because they don't value the mountain. They don't think it's worth much. It's just something to get around, just something to get over or under. Your mountain, whatever mountain that is, is valuable. It's what God has sent you to. And in the process of overcoming that mountain or going around it or or removing it and having it cast into the sea, that's where he is accomplishing things in our soul that can only be accomplished that way. He's healing you, restoring your soul, revealing lies that you've believed about yourself, 
about others, about God himself, where he changes you and brings your soul closer to perfect connection, perfect unity with your spirit. But let him do that. Let him send you. Let him show you this is, this is the way, walk in it. We want to find our own way. We want to look for our own pathway. We want to, or we let others determine, well, this is what your gift is. This is what your calling is. This is what you should, you should be doing in the church. And, you know, there's like five messages. And they, you know, for very often there's just a recycling of those five different messages. And there's very little change in people. God wants us to value our time here on this earth and to value the projects and kind of take ownership of those projects. That if he says, okay, learn how to speak to this mountain, be thou cast into the sea. Okay, that's what I'm that's my job. That's my project, that's my duty, that's my calling. That's what I'm sent to do. It's not that the casting of the mountain into the sea is some great project or or, you know, goal. It's what you were sent to to do. This is what you are supposed to be doing right now. When Jesus and the disciples were coming out of the village. I can't remember which one. And one of them turns to Jesus and says, shall we call, they were rejected, shall we call fire to rain down on them and destroy them? And Jesus turned to him and said, you don't know what spirit you're of. You don't know that this is none of your business. This is not what part of your task. Focus on your task. Stay in your lane. Keep out of other people's business. It's hard. But in a very real way, our walk with God is solitary. Because God wants to join your soul to him one-on-one through your spirit. Now, as you are joined to him, spirit, soul, and body, you are then automatically joined to everyone else that's joined with him, spirit, soul, and body. So we're all in this alone, but we're all in this together. Because we're still living out of our soul. We're still learning how to live and move and have our being in him. And part of the projects we have is as you spend more time in him, just by being in his presence, your supernatural abilities are stirred up. And he wants us to be aware of them. 
Now, sometimes, and you know, we've talked about this many times, this might not be your time to be paying attention to that. That's fine. This might not be where he is sending you right now. So go where he is sending you. Pay attention to the lessons he is sending you. But odds are, at some point, he is going to stir up the supernatural abilities that you have in your soul, that you were born with, that came with the package. Unfortunately, most of the packages that we got didn't have instructions that we could understand. And so we need to learn by experience. Trial and error, putting you know the shelving unit together, where we don't understand the language and there's not enough parts, and a lot of times you just have to trial and error and maybe sometimes come up with your own way of doing things. But trusting that the project that God has given you will result in the change he wants in your soul. Only God can connect your soul and spirit. We can go where he sends us. Again, not in a religious manner, not in a missionary or, or this is your you know, what level you're on, your anointing, but on a personal level. This is what he wants to talk to you about. This is the way for you right now. Walk in it. Just be with him. Be yoked with him. Be burdened with him. Be joyful with him. Open the door and sup with him. Be with him. And whatever project it is, whatever's going on, take it seriously. So as always, feel free to drop me a line at diane at org or through Blog Talk Radio or through the website at therainersclub.org. Otherwise, we'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night.